So, that was different. <laughs> that is a lyric video from the hit movie a few years ago called The Greatest Showman. Yeah, absolutely. In that movie, uh, the main character is P.T. Barnum. Uh, we know him because of the Barnum and Bailey Circus. Well, the movie chronicles his life from before. And he's looking to kind of make his mark. He's had several failures, and now he wants to be known. He wants to succeed. And he's failed and failed and failed, and finally he thinks he has something. And so he sent out some invitations. And he was looking for specific people. He was looking for the social outcasts, the, the, the freaks, as the movie calls it. He was looking for people with oddities and abnormalities, like the bearded lady or what uh, they call the Irish giant, even though he's like Russian or, I don't know, some Estakianian. Uh, but they called him the Irish giant because he was like, in real life, he's like 6'4", but they put him on stilts so he looked like he was 8 feet. You know, they got to cheat the system a little bit. But Barnum was looking for these people that nobody else wanted. And he extended an invitation, an invitation to be the highlight of his new spectacle, an invitation to have a place, and a place to belong. Can you relate to that? Have you ever felt like you were an outsider looking in, or have you felt insecure? not good enough, or maybe too good. Have you ever thought, I don't fit in here? If you have, and I'm raising my hand, I've had those self-doubts and insecurities, then you can relate to the characters in that video, to their emotions and to their thoughts. But there is good news for us. Is really good news. It's almost too good to be true. For those of us that look in the mirror and don't like what we see, or we look at the scale and we don't like how it lies to us, yeah, I go there too. Uh, there's good news. Really, really too good to be true. Good news. Some of us, that we have scars that we can't see. There's good news for you. In Psalm 139, we are told, You made, you is God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Did you hear it? Did you hear that really 
too good to be true good news? You did. It said, God made you. God made your, your inner parts and knit you together. And it said that God made you complex, marvelously complex. It said that God saw you and knew you before you were ever born. And if there's, there's one thing in this life that I am 100%, I will stake my life on it, certain of. It is God is perfect. And because God is perfect, God does not make mistakes. Can we agree with that? Absolutely. And that also means we're going to follow that logic that when God knit you together, he created you perfectly. Not a mistake was made when God made you. Isn't that good news? That when I look in the mirror and I'm like, Ugh, God made that, and like, all right, he must have some really awesome rose-colored lenses, right? God made me perfect. We're going to take a step back to last Sunday. Pastor Brett introduced us to Thomas, one of Jesus' disciples. Thomas was sought out by Jesus. He was purposefully selected by Jesus to follow him. Out of all the possible people that Jesus could have selected to be one of his disciples, Jesus chose him. We also know that Thomas lived day in and day out for three-ish years. That means that Thomas really knew Jesus. If he had a favorite collar, Thomas would have known it. If Jesus had a favorite well to get his water from, Thomas would have known that. If Jesus had a favorite food, Thomas would have known that. He really really knew who Jesus was. And yet, when Thomas was challenged that Jesus had resurrected from the dead and was alive, Thomas, who had heard Jesus speak and who Jesus told him, I am coming back, Thomas said, I don't believe it until I touch him. Jesus, who was there, Scripture says, Jesus was there before the world was ever created. Jesus knew Thomas before he ever lived a day. And yet, knowing all of Thomas's doubt, Thomas was still perfectly created. Jesus still chose him. Jesus extended him an invitation. And even though Thomas doubted, he belonged. He had a family. He had a place. So think about this. If before God perfectly made him, 
Jesus, being part of God, still chose him. Let that sink in for a minute. Replace Thomas with Carol or Andrew or Andy. Replace Thomas with Lynn or Nancy or Bethany. That before Greg ever lived a single day, God perfectly created you. Jesus chose you. In 1 John, we read this. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We are called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because the world has no idea who God is or what he's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. I'm going to leave it right there. We are God's children. He calls you his child. He made you. He knows you. And that is more incredible, too good to be true news. Even with all of our faults, our sins, our doubts, and the things that separate us from God or make us feel insecure or not good enough, like the characters in that clip, like Thomas, God still calls you my child. And calling us his child is an open invitation, an invitation to belong, to belong to his family. And here's the crazy part. There's this misconception in our world, in our society, in our culture, in Steuben County, in Angola, and maybe in, even in this very room. Here's the crazy part. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to change before you believe, before you accept that title of my child. Nowhere does it say you have to follow this long list of rules before Jesus says, I love you. In fact, it's the exact opposite. And you may be saying, well, you don't know what I've done. Well, the things that I've done are unforgivable. No, you are wrong. I want you to know that God already knows what your past looks like. He knows what your past thoughts were. He knows your past actions, your choices, and the consequences. He knows all of that. And still, he says, you are my child. Isn't that awesome news? Carol believes it. I want to go back to Thomas for a moment. I wonder... 
I wonder, what would have happened if he didn't accept Jesus' invitation to believe, his invitation to belong? What would have happened if Thomas let his doubt consume him and take over? Would the writers of the Bible have just left him out, never mentioning his name? Would, would he have become just a side note that, oh yeah, and Thomas was there too? I don't know. It's a question I have. But the answer is, we will never know because... Because Thomas belonged. He did accept that invitation to, that, to the disciples, to that family, and he jumped in, and he was changed. Thomas chose to believe Jesus was as real in that locked room with the doors locked and windows shuttered as the day Thomas met Jesus. And Jesus is just as real now with one change. We cannot see him. But Thomas, he chose to believe Jesus. He chose to accept the invitation that Jesus really was God's son, resurrected from the dead, and really was alive. And when, he, when we accept that invitation, we become part of a body. An old churchy term is the body of Christ or the church. That's just kind of weird to say. But scripture speaks to us. Paul wrote in one of his letters in 1 Corinthians, he wrote this. To help explain the body of Jesus, of the church. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no farther than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells. But no matter how many parts you can name, you are still only one body. It is exactly the same with Christ. I want you to think about how all of this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't <clears throat> just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all of the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If a foot said, I'm not elegant like a hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to the body. Would that make it so? Or if the ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, limpid and expressive. I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from your body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Now here is where we get to the body of Christ. You 
are Christ's body. That is who you are, who we are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Did you hear what Paul said about you and me? In verse 18, it says, God placed each part right where he wants it. That does not mean that your life is meaningless. It's the opposite. It means that our church, it means that gateway is made better when you jump in and you're a part of it. I started today with a song from The Greatest Showman. The characters were extended an invitation. And once it was accepted, those outsiders, the undesirables, the, the weirdos and the freaks, the ones culture didn't approve of, they created something amazing. And since then, since we watched that, we have learned about some really good, too good to be true news. We've learned that God created you perfectly. We've learned that God calls you my child. We've learned that God is inviting you to be part of his body. And God places you perfectly in that body. Now, only after you accept God's invitation, and after you jump in, you will begin to see God working in you and through you. A change happens. A transformation occurs. And it happens when you jump in and when you belong. Gateway. Our church, this church, exists to inspire every generation to follow Jesus. And here is how we do it. We show up, we jump in, and we live out. When you show up and accept God's invitation and get to know God better, you do that as we worship together. And when you jump in, you grow deeper as you serve and do life together. You are perfectly made for this community. And we believe it happens in our life groups and our ministry teams and our services together. And when you live out, you build relationships with those far from God. He has called us to join together to inspire people to follow Jesus. God wants us to extend that invitation to others, to share that super awesome, really good-to-be-true news with others, that God says, I created you perfectly before you ever lived, and I love you, and I choose you. Isn't that really awesome news, that God still chooses you, even though I have a past Isn't that great? I think so. So in just a moment, excuse me, 
we're going to hear a song called The Blessing. And as you hear it, I want you to think about the invitation that God is extending to you. He already calls you his child. For some, that invitation may be to believe for the first time that Jesus is God's son, that he died for your sins, and that he defeated hell for you. For others, that invitation, that <clears throat> invitation to belong, it may be to accept that God's children are all different. And when he is your father, your family is huge. And your family is here to help you, support you, encourage you, and help you grow closer to the Lord. And for others, you may accept the invitation to be a part of the body that God is calling you to. So no matter where you are in your relationship with God, whether you are just saying, I'm not sure this whole God thing is real, or you're just a little past that and you say, yeah, Jesus, he did that for me. I want to tell him I'm sorry, and I want to say I am his child. Or maybe you are, you are past that and you are saying, God's my father. And I want to help others know who he is. It doesn't matter where you are today, but I want you to leave today blessed. I want you to leave today knowing God goes with you. God goes with you because you are his child. So I'm going to ask you to stand. And we're going to pray. And then we're going to be blessed. And after this song, you may leave. You may leave knowing that God is with you, that God chooses you. Dear God, you are an amazing God. You perfectly created us. You knew us. You saw us before we were born. You called us my child, and you lavished us with your love. You have an extended an invitation to us to be part of something. You want us to be part of your family. Your, you perfectly created us to be meaningful and to be a part of Jesus' body, the church. And God, if there is someone here or online watching that feels like they want or that they need to accept your invitation to be part of your family, I want you to hear them pray. And I want you to say, if this is you, God, I am sorry. Please forgive me. I am your child. And God, I want you to hear the prayers of others that are saying, my family is huge. It's made up of all kinds of people. Please send me to help, support, and encourage them so that I and they can grow closer to you. And 
God, there are others that are praying to jump in. So God, I ask that you would hear their prayer. And I want them to, to say, God, I am your child. You have perfectly created me and prepared me to inspire others to follow Jesus. Please show me where to jump so I can be a meaningful part of Jesus' body and our church. Father, we are all in different places in our relationship with you. We thank you for meeting us where we are. We thank you for accepting us where and how we are. And God, I ask that you would be with us as we leave today. I ask that you would be with us in a way that we have never felt before. Lord, please make your presence so real that others are inspired to get to know Jesus because they see you through us. God, I ask that you would smile upon us today and always. It's in your name we pray. Amen. One.